Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Mary set out and traveled to the hill country in haste to a town of Judah, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the infant leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, cried out in a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For the moment the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the infant in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. The Gospel of the Lord. Bishop Sheen used to like to tell the story of how he once was walking with Pope John XXIII. And the Pope said to him, I want to tell you about the conclave that elected me. And he told him what happened in that conclave, which only he could do. He told him about the, the different candidates who went up and down, how the voting shifted from one to another, the conversations that took place within the conclave until he was finally elected. Bishop Sheen said it was an absolutely riveting story. It was really very exciting to hear this from the Pope himself. And then he turned to Bishop Sheen and said, and now I bind you to secrecy for the rest of your life in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Uh, You almost wish he hadn't told you the story. When you know something like that, you really want to run out and tell everybody you know about what you heard. It's quite natural. We do that, don't we, particularly with good news, sometimes with bad news too, but particularly with good news. We want to make sure other people know it. We want to share our own joy with other people. That's a rather, again, common human trait. And we feel very, rather, disappointed if we can't do that, or if the person to whom we're speaking doesn't understand our joy. That bothers us too, doesn't it? We want them to share our joy, not simply out of a sense of conceit, uh, but because we want other people to be part of it. And so it is in this particular gospel. Of all the joyful mysteries, this is one of the most intimately beautiful, I think, of these, these two women. I was hearing confessions at St. Raphael's the other day, and a young mother came in, uh, wearing a T-shirt. You know, you can tell a lot about people these days by reading T-shirts. Uh, there, was, there, was, there was a day when T-shirts were just T-shirts, but not anymore. People want to people tell you a great deal by what they're wearing. Uh, and, but on her T-shirt was the phrase, "'Tis the season to be pregnant.'" 
And I thought, you know, that any season is the season for that. But of course, at this time of year, we do think of that, don't we? Especially with these two women. This isn't placed here just as a nice story. It is that. It's a beautiful story of compassion and love uh, and of a happy relationship on on two joyful occasions, but it's much more than that, too. A blessed mother has conceived through an act of consent to be the mother of God, the mother of the Savior, the mother of the crucified one, the mother of the resurrection, and the mother of the church. She's agreed to all those things without ever knowing fully what any of those things yet mean. But her first response after being told about her elderly cousin is to want to go to her. Here you have two miraculous births, one on the natural level of an elderly woman conceiving a child, the other on the supernatural level of a young maiden uh, who accepts the incarnation through the coming of the Holy Spirit. The Blessed Mother immediately wants to go out. She wants to go out primarily for two reasons. First of all, out of love for her cousin, whom she wants to assist, who's pregnant in her old age. And secondly, because she cannot keep that good news inside of her. It's not just knowledge in her case. It's a reality, a physical reality. The Son of God has taken flesh in her, and she cannot keep it to herself. The rest of the world doesn't know about this yet. The rest of the world doesn't care. But she's going to go to her cousin. And so we are told that Mary set out. And notice how we are told. Uh, This must have been a difficult journey for her to the hill country. And she goes in haste. She's in a hurry. She She wants to get there soon. And she enters the house. Now... It's the house of Zechariah, but she greets Elizabeth. The Blessed Mother is the one to greet. And Elizabeth, through the power of the Holy Spirit, turns to her and says, notice it's not on her own that she knows this. She is inspired by the Holy Spirit. The Archangel Gabriel began the Hail Mary. Elizabeth now picks it up. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. She recognizes something. She knows that the Blessed Mother is the Blessed Mother, and she realizes that she is now carrying this unique child. And how does this happen to me? Who am I, in other words, that the Mother of my Lord should come to me? She recognizes the Lord. But she recognizes him fully, no, certainly not. But she recognizes the reality of his presence, that he is there with her. She is in the presence of her beloved younger cousin, but she is also in the presence of the Lord, the Lord for whom she and all humanity have been waiting, in fact, all creation, since the fall. Uh, She's not just waiting for Mary. She's not just in the presence of Mary. She's in the presence of the woman. Mary is never just Mary. She's always the woman, Genesis. She is the new woman. She is the new Eve. Wherever she goes, she's the new Eve. That's why our Lord always calls her woman. He never calls her mother. He always calls her woman because she is the new Eve. He, he does it at the wedding feast of Cana. He does it again on the cross. It's always woman. So she goes out as woman to bring 
the Redeemer to her cousin, who recognizes the presence of the Lord. In fact, so does her infant. This is a beautiful occasion. Uh, These two, whose lives are so linked, recognize one another already in the womb. We might say, how can that be possible? John the Baptist is in the womb. He doesn't really know anything. Well, if animals can, why can't humans? You know, when Pope John Paul II went to the seminary in Baltimore, which I think was a surprise visit, it was off the schedule, um, the, the Secret Service went a little crazy trying to make sure the place was secure. So they took the dogs in, which I guess is the best way to do that. And there was this rather unusual occurrence. The dogs went into the chapel, ran up, and started barking at the tabernacle. And they couldn't understand it at all. Here you have one of these little miracles that one can argue either way, you know, uh, of all of a sudden a dumb animal becoming aware of a presence. In any event, um, John the Baptist in his mother's womb recognizes without really being able to intellectualize it, the presence of the one, the one who is to come. He says, for the moment, the sound of your greeting, her greeting. He recognizes her, too, as the woman. She recognizes her uniqueness. For the moment, the sound of your greeting reached my ears. The infant in my womb leaped for joy. And then she does what Mary has said, or will say afterwards, all humanity is supposed to do. She calls her blessed. Blessed are you who believed that what was spoken to you by the Lord through the archangel would be fulfilled. So she calls her blessed for responding to the call of God. The Blessed Mother after this will then have the, proclaim the Magnificat and she will say, and all generations will call me blessed. All of all generations. When people have a problem with our devotion to the Blessed Mother, it's always good to go right to the Magnificat. She said that all generations will call me blessed. Have you? Do you call her blessed? Do you recognize who she is? Do you recognize her role in redemption? Do you recognize what she has done for you? Because only once you do that can you really begin to understand the Lord himself. If you can't know her, then you can't really follow him because she's the disciple. She's his mother. She's the first disciple. As I say almost every week here on Wednesdays, we follow her as she follows him. We learn that from her. But now you and I go on, in a sense, to become what she was. You and I will be our presence to witness the word made flesh come in the Eucharist. You know, if you want a very good spiritual experience, someday sit before the Blessed Sacrament, preferably in a monstrance, but either way, and read the prologue to St. John's Gospel. In the beginning was the Word. The Word is about to take flesh, and this time it will take flesh in us. We will carry him out into the world, as she did. Uh, With that same spirit, hopefully we we won't, her perfection, uh, but we will carry him out as she carried him to Elizabeth. We will make him visible to the world in which we live. We will do that simply by bearing him. Not bearing ourselves, not bearing our ego, not bearing our, uh, all of our wonderful gifts. We will go out simply with him. And the world will see. If you and I have experienced the conversion necessary
to make visible what we carry within us. 